TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Well, the snare drum does indeed mean it's time for another edition of the Score North Gophers Show. I would be Ross Brendel. This is technically the midweek edition. My co-host today, Mr. Phil Mackey, can you call late in the week Thursday? Is that midweek or is that end of the week? I uh, I think it's toward the end of the week, and uh, I've just sort of lost track of days and time here. I'm uh, wearing maroon and gold under all of my clothing, including body paint right now. And I uh, mostly, mostly have blacked out since there ain't no start. I've never seen this in my life. I don't know how to react to it. Most of us have not seen this in our lifetime. Again, Phil Mackey, I'm Ross Brendel. This is the Score North Gophers Show. Thank you for listening, whether it be via Apple, Spotify, the Score North mobile app. Maybe you're listening at scorenorth.com. Please do us a favor. Give us a review. A five-star review would be awesome. And as always, tell a friend. Five-star recruit would be nice at some point, too, off the back of this 8-0 start. Well, there'll be some. How many? I'm confident in that, by the way. I'm also confident. Maybe we'll get to this. I thought about this on the way in. We have a lot to cover here with Phil, but I guess we will talk about this, Phil. I'm starting to think, more likely than not, I think PJ will be back next year, even if this season goes incredibly well and ends in a Big Ten West championship. I think he's back, too. Uh, but put it this way, if if he puts together a season good enough to where he can leverage it for, like, a USC-type job or something, the program's in a really good spot to get a good coach to come in. So I just think we need to put that fear to bed, whether it happens or not. The last, by the way, I don't know where this fear comes from. The last time this actually happened was Lou Holtz 30 years ago. 30 years ago! So... It just it every time we think something like this is going to happen, it's uh, it's mostly just for whatever reason us seeing ghosts. Well, and I think it's it's the classic Minnesota. It's woe is me with all the sports, right? For some reason, the woe is me when it comes to Gopher sports is we're always convinced the coach is going to leave, but more often than not, what happens, Phil, is we end up firing the coach. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like Tubby Smith. Oh my gosh. Is he gonna go? Is he gonna leverage this for another Kentucky? No, he's just gonna get fired. <laughs> Remember when Tim Brewster was gonna leave for Tennessee, and then he was was he fired less than a calendar year later, right, exactly. or was it two years? Yeah, he later? beat Illinois. He beat Illinois and changed the program. And uh, but I think PJ Fleck is on a different level than all than I mean, in fact, PJ Fleck, when it comes to understanding 2019 marketing and recruiting and offensive scheme. I think he's going to go down as the best gopher coach of my lifetime starting in 1985, although Glenn Mason was good for a 10-year chunk of time. Uh, I think P.J. Fleck is going to reach, unless they completely botch the last month of the season, he's going to reach a higher peak than Glenn Mason did. I've said to you even in passing, Phil, I think if this season ends at 10-2, and two, whether mm. that results in going to the Big Ten championship game or not, there's no way you can be disappointed. Initially, let's say that somehow comes to an end because you lost to Wisconsin and Wisconsin took that spot in the title game over you. That would be an initial blow. But I think when you take a step back, 10 wins in the regular season at Minnesota, how could you be disappointed in that? No, I think there's a few things that would make this a success. Winning two of your last four regular season games to get to 10-2 and two would make it a success. Getting to the Rose Bowl, obviously, would make it a success. And I think even just getting to the Big Ten Championship game and getting beat by 40 points by Ohio State, who I think is the best team in the country, that would still be a success. 
I think those are all things that we've just never seen from this program before, and uh, and they would all be steps forward. If they finish one and three in their last four games at this point, if they don't beat one of these three ranked teams, let's say they beat Northwestern but not one of these three ranked teams, I would still say like it's a buzzkill last month. But if you just take the whole season in totality, if they go nine and three based on what you thought was going to happen at the beginning of the year, and then they get into a decent, not great bowl game and win it. It's still a step forward for the program, but it would be a it would be a buzzkill based on how they started. Yeah, and I, I definitely I would back that up. At the beginning of the year, Phil, I thought they were a seven and five, eight and four football team. So I'd call myself out for being a fraud if I was disappointed by nine and three. But expectations, of course, do change as the season goes on. Let's leave that discussion there because I want to get into some other things with you before we segue into a guest today, Pete Nigerian, former Golden Gopher linebacker. Also, of course, you can see him pretty much daily at this point on CNBC. So we're looking forward to that. But I figured I'd pull you in because you and I, very similar. I guess I don't even know this. I think we're within a year of each other, a year or two. I was an 03 high school grad. Okay, so 2005, our viewing of Gopher football is pretty much the exact same. So I asked you, and I think this is actually funny that you have this list, I said, can you give me like your top five gopher football moments for this gopher show? And you said, oh, I actually have a list already done, and it's not a top five. <laughs> I keep it in my wallet, yeah. actually. It's, <laughs> it's It hangs laminated. up, actually. Yeah. yeah, It's not just a top five, it's a top six. So let's actually get into that. Okay. I don't I have no master way to unveil this. I think I have a few highlights for your games. So let's oh. I think Oh wow. Should I just so, go through the list and you, you go, can fire a highlight yeah, as needed? You go through the list. If I have a highlight, I will play it. Okay. How's that sound? Okay. So uh let's start with uh I'm gonna go chronologically here. And I'm and I by the way, I'm these So are no the, order chronologically is how you're doing chronologically, it. Chronologically these are the only six wins that matter in Gopher football in my life, I think, unless I'm missing one here. These are the only six needle-moving wins in Gopher football history, in, in my life anyways. 1999, Penn State, number two in the country, undefeated, Gophers roll in, and uh, they pull the upset. Dan Nystrom for the win. He got it! And the Gophers have beaten the number two team in the country! Thank you, ESPN, for that highlight yeah. taking us back to 1999. Yeah, that was that was basically the only – that was the first big Gophers win of my life. I think they beat Syracuse with Tyrone Carter in 1997 or something, but this was the first big Gophers win that I can remember in my lifetime. 2000, the very next year, they go on the road, Ohio State, number six in the country, and they win that game. A big day for Ron Johnson in that game and also in 1999. I'm going to backtrack on you for one second because I'm a gopher football nerd. Do you remember the final two minutes of that Penn State game? Yes, so very I've re- much. I've rewatched Billy this. Billy Cockerham threw a Rainmaker prayer with his eyes closed. The Gophers completed two Hail Marys inside of two minutes, if yes. you remember this. They ran first play. Well, I'm going to back up even further. Penn State had a chance to kick a 51-yard field goal and go up by five. They chose not to. They punt the ball into the end zone. So inside of two minutes, Penn State only nets. 30 yards? Yeah, like 13 yards 13 actually, yards, yeah. right? 13, 14 yards. Yeah. Minnesota's first play is a 46-yard rainmaker down the right side of the field to Ron Johnson. That's the first play. Yeah. Two plays later, Cockerham gets sacked. They're out of field goal range. 
They end up not completing the pass on third down. They throw the rainmaker you're talking about on fourth down, which is tipped, batted back, and caught by Arlen Bruce falling down That's at right. the 12-yard line. Arlen Bruce. Arlen Bruce. That sets up that win. One of the most inexplicable victories in Gopher football. And then, Phil, if you remember, that sent Penn State into a tailspin. I don't think they won another game the rest of that year. Wow. And they were ranked. They might have only – they might have lost – a couple. They were like 9-0 and going into the yep. game. They might have only had like a game or two left. And I'm not positive they won a game the rest of the year. I should look that up. Then they went into a few year, I, I don't know if tailspin's the right word, but they were not the same program for a couple of years. I credit Glenn Mason the and the Gophers, Gophers for The Gophers ended Penn that. State's uh, run. Yeah. And they're going to do it around. again in a week <laughs> Let, and a half. Let's hope so. Your list number five, I guess, technically, was Ohio State and Minnesota. Yeah, Ohio State, Minnesota, uh, 2000. And then we went... Uh, three years until they had another, in my in my book, relevant needle-moving win. And if I'm missing some, just tweet me, at Phil Mackey. Uh, the, the 2003 game at the Metrodome against Wisconsin, and Reese Lloyd was the game-winning kicker hero. From 35 yards out for the win, Reese Lloyd of Minnesota. It is up, and it is gone! Also... Phil, our friends at ESPN, thank you for that highlight. And that memory, I was in attendance that day, sitting right in front of Reese Lloyd, who could have been a hurdler the way he hopped over the uh, bench to grab that axe. Yeah, I was sitting very close to – I was sitting very low in the student section, I think, as he ran toward us. Uh, A couple years later, again, these are needle-moving wins. I'm not saying, like, all the big wins, but these are the only needle-moving wins in my life as a Gopher fan. 2005 at Michigan, where they – I think they had they were down by like a touchdown or something. I don't remember all the details. And they had like a third and nine or a third and eight, and they handed the ball off, essentially conceding the downs, and they were going to punt. And they hand the ball off to Gary Russell, who winds up running all the way down the sideline for a huge gain to put the Gophers back in control in that game. And that was that was a pretty historic win for the program at Michigan. Michigan was still a really good program. Um, I'll speed through these two because I know we got to get to Pete. Then I go almost 10 years until their next needle-moving win to the Michigan game in 2014, the Jerry Kill Michigan game, where they dominated Michigan and won by like two or three touchdowns. And then I would put getting the axe back at the end of last year, 2018 Wisconsin game, because that, that was the start of this run here, basically, right? That was like, okay, this pro- they've, they've shifted throughout the season – they, they collected themselves, they beat Wisconsin for the axe, and then they carried it over into 2019. So those are the only six real needle-moving wins that I can come up with in my lifetime. I'll give you one before we start to segue into Pete Nigerian that I'll ask you about. Does the Holiday Bowl victory do anything for you? No. It's, so it, I get it. It does a little bit for me, but it was such an odd time because of what was happening off the field. Yeah. The coaches then fired a couple days later. But you show up with a roster that, yeah, you know, I don't know. Probably, if you play that game a hundred times, you probably lose it ninety of them. It's. I always say this to people, Phil. Whether you want to admit it or not, that is the biggest Gopher Bowl victory in forty years. Yeah. Well, so they, they actually lost. So they, you know, they went to a lot of bowl games. They went to a bowl game like once every other year. But people don't realize they actually lost like seven or eight consecutive bowl yeah. games between their Sun Bowl win. Uh, or maybe it was the uh, the Music City Bowl win against uh, Alabama before Nick Saban got there. 
How can you forget one of the worst Gopher Bowl game performances, the MicronPC.com Bowl? Do you remember that one? Rest in peace, MicronPC.com. <laughs> and then what was – I'm already blanking. Which one did we blow to Texas Tech? What was, that was the what Insight was that? Bowl. The Insight Bowl. There yeah. we go. We had some doozies of appearances in the Insight Bowl. <laughs> let's, let's not talk about that. Let's be positive. In just moments, Phil and I will be joined by Pete Nigerian, former Golden Gopher linebacker. And, of course, right now you can catch him pretty much – almost daily on the weekdays on CNBC. Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. Welcome back to the Score North Gophers show. Again, I would be Ross Brendel at Brendel Ross on Twitter. Joined today on the Gophers show by Phil Mackey at Phil Mackey on Twitter. And very pleased to be joined right now on the phone by Pete Nigerian. Pete, are you okay with being called an ambassador for Golden Gopher football? <laughs> sure, absolutely, Ross. Why not? I, I, I'll take that role. I, I, I'll tell you what. It's a it's fun to be a gopher right now. It's not always been fun, but it sure has been and I think uh I think coach has really changed things and the, the, the entire attitude of gopher football has really, really made a big change, along with basketball as well. So I'm excited about what's going on on the football field for sure. Pete, if I would have told you at the beginning of the year that the Gophers would be eight no heading into their bye week, getting ready for Penn State, would you have said I believe it or would you have said you're probably a little crazy? I might have I might have leaned more towards the believe it side. As a matter of fact, when we were out at the fair talking with uh, Phil Mackey and the guys, and it was a lot of fun and Rami and all, and I think we all agreed that the the schedule was good. It was favorable for the Gophers, and it was a matter of do they stumble on any of the games that we expect them to be the better team. And I I probably would have anticipated we may have stumbled once. And, and I think the game that uh, that probably was, sticks out for me was South Dakota State, to be honest with you. We didn't play well. We didn't look ready. And we were fortunate to come away with a victory. But since that time, the Gophers have played a little bit better every single week. And, you know, the, the stumbles that you expected haven't happened yet. Let's just hope we keep improving like we have been for the first eight weeks of the season. So, Pete, I, I'm going to jump way ahead here. And then we'll circle back on the Penn State game. But... I just wanna I wanna highlight something here and and just put into context where we're at with this program and with this season. Are you guys yeah. ready for the conversations that we might be having the Monday after this game if they beat Penn State? Have you thought that far ahead? Like, have you thought if they win this game? And by the way, like, mm-hmm. it's they're playing a home game. It's it's they're not favored, but it's feasible they could win this game. If they win this game, we will be talking about the college football playoff the Monday after it's over. And that is not hyperbole. <laughs> you know, it sounds crazy, but if if we play well enough, I think we can not only play with Penn State, but we can beat Penn State. And the reason I say that is this isn't like gopher teams of the past where we have a lot of different holes and we've been able to cover it up with this, that, and the other. I think when you really look at it right now, we've gotten a, we've done a great job of rushing the passer. passer. We've, we've done a great job on the turnover side with the defense. I think we're a little bit bigger and stronger and better on the defensive line than we've been in a couple of years. 
We have three great receivers, three great running backs, a quarterback who's better than, and I, I mean this in a positive way, better than average, because in the past, we didn't really have a quarterback that you could say, you know what, if we got to depend on this guy, we, gotta, uh, we, we have a problem. I think we actually have a very solid quarterback, and Tanner Morgan, I think, has looked more confident and better and better and better every single week. So if you look at the, the offensive line, we're big, we're strong, and I think they finally started to play with the edge that I wanted to see from the offensive line. I didn't see it in the first three or four games, but once we got deeper into the Big Ten, Illinois, Nebraska, Rutgers, Maryland, I saw that offensive line get better every single week. So I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited for the Gophers because unless some awful turnover issues come up or anything else, we can play with Penn State. And then the conversation does get really interesting because Wisconsin seems like they're stumbling. So our our biggest game after that's going to be Iowa, the Hawkeyes. Pete, seasons like this for the Gophers where they're 8-0 into November, maybe you're talking about a 10-plus win team, can seasons like this become the norm for Golden Gopher football, or is the expectation always going to be that these are the quote-unquote pop-up years? Or do you believe this program can elevate itself to new heights? I absolutely believe that we can elevate ourselves to those new heights, but um, you know that, that that's given the fact that we can hold together the coaching staff that we've got right now. And that, that will be the challenge. Will, will we be able to see uh, the entire coaching staff back for the next couple of years? And I think that's the important part. Are we going to be able to hold this group together? Because obviously, I mean, it comes up all the time, so I'll bring it up. Does P.J. want to make a move somewhere else if the season turns out to be an incredible season this year? I think that would be a, a mistake on his part, quite frankly, because – we have the ability, I think, to recruit. I think we can recruit around the country. I think Minnesota is proving to be a much better feeder system from the high schools in terms of football players. The talent level is something like I have never seen a gopher team before. I mean, I, I mentioned it before, but look at our receivers, our running backs, our offensive line. It's, it's really impressive. And then you get on the defensive side and you start to be impressed once again also. So we have talent like I have not seen the Gophers have maybe ever in my lifetime. And so if we can hold on to that ability to recruit, and if you win 10, 11 games, you're going to be able to recruit. We've got beautiful facilities. People seem to love it here. You know, it's a great atmosphere for football. So there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't have to be a one and done. But, but if PJ leaves, then that changes a lot. And if he loses some of the important coaches that we've got, I think our defensive coordinator has been outstanding. So we just need to hold that group together. If we can do that, this is not just a one-and-done season. Uh, Pete, I, I, Judd laid this out for us a couple days ago on Mackie and Judd with Rami and that you have, because Ohio State's going to wind up going to the college football playoff in all likelihood, and then the Rose Bowl, which is not part of the playoff bracket this year, the Rose Bowl would get to pick the second-best team in the Big Ten – if you lose to Ohio State, uh, I'm sorry, if you lose to, to Penn State this this next weekend, uh, Penn State will probably just be above you in those things. So to get to the Rose Bowl, the Gophers almost certainly have to beat Penn State. But if that happens, what would, as 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 a Gopher former player, let, I'll use Ross's word, a Gopher ambassador, what would it mean to you <laughs> to, to, to get back to the Rose Bowl for the first time in like two or three generations? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's something that, you know, I, I will say this. There were years with Coach Mason where I thought we had a shot. 
And now I think the shot is much greater just because of the fact that we haven't stumbled. We've gotten through the, through the first eight weeks, um, and we're healthy. I mean, the combination of all of that, I think, really spells for the opportunity to be there. It would be unbelievable. And, and think about the recruiting then. I mean, I think there are certain bowl games out there that people absolutely focus on every single year. Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, there's just there's certain things about those types of games that everybody gets excited about. And I think you'd find a lot of the Minnesotans who have always been waiting, 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 and frustrated and all the rest of that, I think they jump on that bandwagon, and I think that we could put quite a few Golden Gophers into the beautiful stadium out there in Southern California. I, I, I would look forward to that. There's no doubt in my mind that if that were to be the case, I'd be there, along with I don't know how many countless other Gopher fans, but we've got them all over the country. It's it's a bigger fan base than people think, but they've they've been tricked so many times that they you know I, I think that's been the issue. But we get to the Rose Bowl, they're going to buy it and they'll be all in. Pete, does College Game Day appearing in Dinky Town, right outside of TCF Bank Stadium, do anything for you? Does it do anything? Actually, put yourself in the mindset of a player. Does it do anything for you, oh. even in that mindset? Oh, it's got to be the greatest thing in the world. I mean, I never even, you know, that that didn't exist, of course, when I was playing back in the 80s. But, yeah, college game day is unbelievable. Every Everybody, every single week, wakes up and they turn on their television and they're watching college game day. And you see Herbie and all the guys with all the fun things that are going on. And I, I tell you what, I think the enthusiasm of, of for the players, they feed off of that. There's no doubt in my mind. And that, it would be one of those exciting moments, I think, in Gopher history, quite frankly, because it's only been around for so many years, and yet it's one of those things that every single Saturday, if you're a football fan or you're a junkie or if you're a, a wife or whatever, everybody loves it, and it, it, it's fun, and they make it fun. They do a great job of, of mixing in some very intelligent commentary along with some of the other sides of things, that, and, you know, and the personal sides, all these great storylines and I can only imagine the storylines they'd be able to pull out just locally here. I mean, we already know a lot about what's going on with Casey O'Brien, but I think they could really reach out and find a lot of great stories. I mean, think of the, the history, and this is something Lou Holtz always you know, preached to us, and, and nobody else ever had brought this up, but this is a school that's got seven national titles. We've got countless Big Ten titles. We've got all of that. The problem is they all go back to the 1960s or later. And so this would be something that really would be huge, and I think everybody would feed off that energy. I'd be, I'll tell you what, I, I would love to be a part of that thing somehow, some way. I want to be the celebrity picker that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you if, if you would be working your eye contacts to make that happen. That would be awesome, Pete. Oh, I'd be Pete. working it hard, but I don't think I'm celebrity enough for them, man. they got a lot of good choices between Bobby Bell and Carl Eller. and all. I mean, they could go through a whole bunch of different people to bring in to be that picker, and it sure would be a lot of fun to see who they decide to go with. I wonder, I mean, Tony Dungy, there's all kind. Of, well, Ryan, oh, Ryan Saunders, I guess, would be on the list, too. Oh, I never even thought about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? And there are musical people. They love to bring people from all walks of life, of course, and we've got it all here in Minnesota. So they, they could literally take their pick on, hey, what direction do we want to really take with this whole thing? I, I really think it could be something special. Yeah. So, uh, well, I, I had one last thing. I'm just envisioning Lee Corso uh, picking up the Goldie head and then setting it down to troll us and then picking up the Penn State Nittany Lion head and putting that on to end the episode. But 
Not well, so I fast, right? <laughs> you know, that would be great, but let me tell you something. Lee was a coach at Indiana when I was playing at the University of Minnesota. That's how far back he and I go. Yeah. And I could tell you, uh, if he does that, it's probably better for us that he does that switch because I think he you could, he's what we like to call a fade in the industry. <laughs> Pete, I'm going to hit You're you. Gonna fade his choice. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with one more, Pete, and then we'll then we'll let you run. When you were playing, who was the rival you wanted to beat, and is it still the same rival today when you watch the Gophers on a Saturday? Who who can you just not stand the least? That's the easiest in the world for me, and all my friends know my answer before I even give it to you, but it's Michigan. And I went four years, never got a chance to beat them. The year after I left, we beat the University of Michigan, and I feel like I was a part of it just because my hatred goes so deep. <laughs> you know, Wisconsin, Iowa, they're – to me, they're, they're border guys, sure. They're great rivalries, yes, but I don't hate them because they're like Minnesotans. The problem I have always had with Michigan is there's an air of arrogance that they've got. They've always had. Bo Schembechler had it. He recruited me, and I can't even tell you the story of what he said when I told him I didn't want to go on a recruiting trip to Michigan, but it, it, it was unbelievable what his response was. But I, it goes really deep with me. And so, uh, yeah, Michigan by, by, by leaps and bounds over everybody else. And believe it or not, even after that, it's not Wisconsin or Iowa. I think I'd put Ohio State next. <laughs> Very interesting. I like that. I actually kind of had a sense you might say Michigan. Before I let you go, Pete, do you want to make any early prediction on Minnesota-Penn State? Any gut oh, feel sure. for the game? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I went back and I looked at some of the games where Penn State struggled a little bit, and um, they've struggled when quarterbacks have had success. In the Pitt game, that quarterback threw for 372, and, and, it, and they were in that football game. In Iowa, they, they, had, they struggled once again, and, and Iowa, if they didn't have the turnovers, they really would have had a shot, and Michigan threw on them pretty well as well. So I think the combination of that, if if – Tanner Morgan can step up like I think he can, given the quality of the guys that we've got and our offensive line, and if he can have a big day, I see no reason why we don't win that game, probably in the 21-17 type score. So that's what I'd be looking forward to in the game. Man, do I love that positivity. And, man, Pete, this was a ton of fun. I'm going to let you run, but thanks so much for joining the Gopher Show. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Ross. Take care, man. Good to talk to you guys. See you, Pete. The one and only Pete Nigerian. Catch him on CNBC and, of course, a contributor. I think we could call him a contributor to a degree, right? He, he joins Mackie and Joe with Rami yeah, on occasion. He, he, contributes, uh, he contributes at the State Fair. He contributes uh, in my Twitter timeline. Yeah. Legitimately an all-around good guy. I'll tell a story about Pete just bumping into him a few years ago in Lincoln, and I'm sure you know this, Phil, you probably see it at the fair, how many people come up and talk to him and how easily he could just not talk to people, right? He could choose to walk away and try and do his own thing. I don't want to encourage everybody to go seek him out and talk with him. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I think you should. he is so nice to people. Yeah. Just random Gopher fans walking up to him. He'll talk with them. It's it's awesome stuff. And he did the same to me a few years back. Phil, do you care in closing to make a uh, early prediction? I know you. You. I don't know. I mean, you're gonna have many chances to go back and forth. So I'm not gonna lock you into one. But do you have? Do you have Honestly, a gut feel? Yeah, I, I'll buzz kill it. I think they get beat. <laughs> I think they get beat. But I think they. No. But I think they. I, I think they win at least one of the Iowa Wisconsin games. And it just it's just gonna kinda depend on how the Iowa the Iowa Wisconsin game itself shakes out too. 
and where things are. I, th- I think Wisconsin-Minnesota is going to be for the Axe and the division and a trip to the Big Ten championship game the last week. And that might actually be the week that game day is uh, floating. Of course, Alabama-LSU have to play each other on the same day as undefeated Minnesota-Penn State. We I, can't just get lucky in that regard. I'd say talk about the luck of that, but that's actually talk about the bad luck. Phil, I would say this. I, I tend to agree with you. I'm not convinced they'll lose to Penn State. But if you were to tell me, well, you'll lose to Penn State, but you'll bounce back immediately, go on the road and beat Iowa, I would take that. Like, I would too. It's fun to envision could this team go 12-0, and but it's also – I think you have to try and view it a little realistically, but also just have a ton of fun, as you pointed out. Yes. This this doesn't happen. The last time they were on a run that they're on right now, they were beating, no joke, high school teams in the early 1900s. Yeah, this this is the most excited I've been for a Gopher football game in my life, 100%. We should enjoy it, Phil. It should be a ton of fun. Yes, it let's, will be. Let's absolutely enjoy the heck out of this. And I should mention James Murphy, Daniel House, They have a Gopher Show pod coming up. I believe they'll have one out here in the next few days, so look for that as well. At Phil Mackey on Twitter, of course, Mackey, Judd, Rami, and a thousand other responsibilities here at Score North. Thanks a ton, Phil. Would you do it again? Will you come back again? I mean, if I can talk about uh, therapeutically some of the, uh, the handful of Gopher moments that stand out in my life, if it's a therapy session, I'm in, if you're my therapist. We hope that it goes so good, your top six list becomes a top seven or eight list. Hopefully, that, yes. That would be awesome. <laughs> That'll do it for this edition of the Score North Gopher Show. Please give us a five-star review, and as always, I like to say, tell a friend. I'm back midweek next week. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon.